This is the Rugby Odds, where an unlikely pundit panel of a wordsmith, a WWE legend, a rugby star, and a supermodel scour the globe, seeking best bets and bad behavior. Are you not entertained? Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're very kind, you're very kind. You can see in the sponsor Opportunity Green Room, uh, WWE Hall of Famer John Bradshaw Layfield, who's on a boat off the coast of Portugal, and we're, we'll work around that. And King Gifte Beilu, the inventor of words, as they both diligently do what they do before they get on this show. And you can see the your company name here, full slate that we have of topics that we'll be discussing. And we also have Mr. George Hook, the Irish legend, with us once again. So let's not waste any more time. Let's bring in Gift. Gift, it's just me and you in the studio today, and we uh, are celebrating a 40 and 16 week. Unfortunately, John's on a boat off the coast of Portugal, but he'll be participating. But he is on a boat off the coast of Portugal. This is what happens whenever you're the champ, all right? You get to go to the places that you're supposed to go. You say, I don't need to worry about these peon Floridian Marlin that are over here. I'm going to go to the Mediterranean and get the best from Portugal while Portugal tries to get the best of Georgia. Ironically, the same thing Florida tries to say in the U.S. <laughs> All right, I'm a little dizzy from that. I'm thinking Florida Marlins. Wait, they renamed themselves the Miami Marlins, and I'm thinking of the awful uniforms, and then I'm really realizing you're not talking baseball. You're talking the actual fish because he is Marlin fishing. So I get this is my life. But the big shot diva is supposed to be here. So instead, he's sending stuff in from the boat. Once again, whenever you have a guy who knows how to be able to send in videos all the way from Portugal – as an invitee from the King of Portugal, who did say, and I quote, my gold is made from champ's blood, and the champ knows how to give back. Wow, I'm getting inspired. You're inspiring me. I'm getting goosebumpy. I'm getting goosebumpy, but it's not because of your speech. It's because of our picks. It was our best week, 40 and 16, and that's what we're all about, making the people some money. 40 and 16 gift. We do what we do. We don't need it. We don't need to celebrate. We, you know, we yeah, we do. Like Barry Sanders does, and then we walk it out because we've been there. Spike the f football gift. <laughs> look, look, right now there's only one prime that needs to be shining, and uh, today we're going to be keeping it low-key. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, we've got Mr. Hook waiting in the wings, so we've already established that John Bradshaw Layfield on his boat outside Portugal. And by the way, his boat's not that big. I just want to point that out. They're always saying, ah, it's the motion of the ocean, not the okay. size of the... Okay, all right, again, <laughs> you're sticking up for your pal. All right, I'll give you that. Loyalty to the end, right? <laughs> well, I got some Kool-Aid I want you to drink later on, too. But in the meantime, John Bradshaw Layfield, you, in absentia, get the wooden spoon. Congratulations. He's not happy about that, I'm sure. But anywho, that brings us right to the walk of shame. And this is an easy one. This is a no-brainer. He's in the walk of shame because he's not fucking here. Hey, look, you know, once again, it'd be like that. He's got the he got the spoon to paddle through that water. But you know what? We're gonna hold it down because you know. <laughs> no so you've seen his boat. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. His little dinghy, and he's got his little spoon now to paddle his little dinghy. Okay. On that note, gift. Let's take a quick break and come back with Mr. George Hook and John via the ocean and his boat after this.
Need a great price on a new vehicle? Sheehy makes it easy. Easy Price shows you our lowest prices on the Mid-Atlantic's largest selection. Find your best price online or at any of our 31 dealerships. It's easy at Sheehy. Sheehy.com. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig & Whistle on West 36th Street. And we are back, and we are back again with Mr. George Hook. George, welcome back to the Rugby Odds. Yeah, good to be back. You'll notice, George, that one of our colleagues is missing the big shots on a boat. But in keeping with uh, the tradition of honoring you on the program, he decided that he would actually participate, and he went through some lengths to do so. So here he is from his boat giving us the first of our what did we learn from round three in the Rugby World Cup? John Bradshaw, Layfield. So you ask, what do I learn this week? I'm like Aristotle. I'm a man that strives on knowledge and learning more things, even though I know so much. And I saw that the game between Wales and Australia was at the pub. We didn't have time to talk to both. So what I did was I took off running across the water. And as I got to the pub, the owner of the pub comes out and says, oh my God, it's JBL, the wrestling god. Only a wrestling god can walk on water. And while that is true, he said, I'm going to buy you a drink. I said, no, I'll buy everybody else drinks. But then we watched Wells boat race Australia. And he told me two things. Number one, Wells can still compete with anybody in the world in rugby. Australia cannot. Which tells you 2027 when the Rugby World Cup comes to Australia, you might should rethink that. He's learned a little bit about Wales. I think we all have. And maybe Scotland is a little bit better than we all thought. But he also hints, George, that potentially there might not be a World Cup in in Australia in 2027. He's covered a lot in a pretty short segment. <laughs> I mean, it's a big deal to say there isn't going to be a World Cup in Australia in 2027. Which is a bit like saying there isn't going to be an American election in November. <laughs> uh, I, so so that's a big deal. Um, I that will happen. Where Australian rugby, however, sits in is totally different. Now, I mean, don't forget that there was a World Soccer Cup held in America. USA weren't going to perform very well, weren't going to go very far, but they ran a superb tournament. So therefore, can Australia run a tournament? Of course they can. Can Australia perform? Probably not. But, but I mean, we can only look at Australia as we see them now. And they are in a shambles right now. Gift, what did you learn? First and foremost, Georgia has some of the slowest backs. All right. Portugal might be full of football players masquerading as wings and uh, uh, centers. But, man, I thought Georgia would be a little bit more, but they weren't. Uh, number two, uh, I came out last week's asking, who is Ireland? And the only thing I came out with this week was, man, between five and the five-meter mark and the goal line, great defense. Between the two fives, I don't know who they are anymore. And thank God for two missed kicks by South Africa for making that a capable win for Ireland. Because number three, the thing that I know is there's only three teams that can win this. It's Ireland, South Africa, and maybe France with broken face captain. Australia did exactly what I expected Australia to do. Wales has crumbling infrastructure. 
in their rugby, but they're still playing like they mean something. That's that's just dangerous. Well, that segues to me because I I've learned that Jack Morgan is the greatest rugby player to ever play <laughs> rugby. The number seven for Wales. He's all all five eleven, maybe one hundred ninety five pounds, running around like a madman, hitting people, kicking the ball, passing it, doing whatever you want. He's a rugby player. Very exciting to watch him. And we also learned that Eddie Jones can actually burn down two countries, just destroying England and now destroying Australia. George, we're going to take a quick break, but we're going to come back with questions for you right after this. You need your cleats? You need them tomorrow? If you order today by 3 p.m. New York time or noon L.A. time, they can have them to you tomorrow. Young, old, male, female, if you're playing on turf, if you're playing on grass, if you're playing in the rain, you're playing in the heat, they've got you covered. RugbyNow.com. Go there now. And we're back. And once again, we have Mr. George Hook with us. And we do have John Layfield on a boat off the coast of Portugal once again. And this time, he's got his question for Mr. Hook. Let's hear from John. Hey, Mr. Hook. I'm down here in the Azores in Portugal. I'm fishing for marlin. And everybody in Portugal wants to know, because you own a mansion here in half the damn country, what was that young man thinking, kicking that ball? Portugal is on the verge of the greatest victory in the history of Portugal. And he kicks the ball away and they tie the game. And your home country of Ireland, where you also own half the country, or maybe five-eighths from what I've heard, with your huge mansion there, why is Ireland kicking the ball when they all they have to do is hold on and run the clock out? I miss you, George. I miss you too, King. Matt, everybody down here hates you. All right, George, what would you think of that? The thing about John is... Uh, I have never, ever been afraid that he's going to come up with something strange. Uh, as to my mansion in Ireland, my mother said to me in 1969, how can I afford $5,000 to buy a house in Lethe, South County, Dublin? You'll be delighted to hear it's worth marginally more than $5,000 today. Um, but I also spent my honeymoon in the Algarve in Portugal. His point, however, is extraordinary. Portugal kicked the ball away, and all they have to do is keep the ball. Now, Ireland do precisely the same thing. Now, I have also sympathy for Portugal. They're playing in a league way above the, what they're used to. Their success to date has been in seven-a-side rugby. It's under, that kind of error is understandable. For Ireland, it is unforgivable. When low the winger kicked the ball, he, he sort of has a fetish for kicking with his left foot. And it's sort of, can I kick it now further than I kicked it the last time? But this time, all I have to do is, is hold the ball and the match is over. And he kicks that. Why? I, I honestly can't give you an answer. For that kind of stupidity, there is no answer. Interestingly, a few years ago, a monster played, I think, to lose in a European Cup match. And they ran the clock down by holding the ball through over 30 
repeat 30 phases. Now, Ireland probably would have needed to hold it through about six phases. Why suddenly has everybody got an affliction to kick the ball? I don't, I just don't get it. And, and George, when we all played and we played at different times, we're, we're different of we're of different ages here. If you, if the backs kept kicking the ball like this, the forwards would take their heads off. Their own teammates would take their heads off for making them run back and forth all the time. It's, it just got to wear down your bigger players. It's not achieving anything. And what, what what it did achieve in the Ireland match specifically was everybody at the pig and whistle in New York City, basically on the edge of their seats near cardiac arrest. And I'm talking about South Africans and Irish and everybody else that was in this sold out place. And it had to be representative of what was going on across the globe for people watching this match. And I can't imagine what it was like in the stadium. Yeah, I can imagine because my son and my grandsons were in the stadium. Uh, it, it was, I think, the greatest from, a, from an audience perspective ever. There has never been at an away game that has felt like a home game before. The Welsh sing. Like, as long as I've been involved in the game of rugby, the Welsh have been singing in matches. The Irish are not natural singers. And suddenly they've discovered this in recent years. And it has an amazing reaction on the players. The players respond. Dublin Airport was just awash with people heading to Paris. They reckon there was 25 or 30,000 people uh, in the stadium. An extraordinary event. The match, however, I have, not surprisingly, a slightly different view from the commonly held view about the game. I can't believe that for a second. It's very simple. It was a game that South Africa lost rather than Ireland won, right? Yes. There are high schools in the USA who have better goal kickers than South Africa. Like, if, if your game is based with forward domination, no back play, and we just beat the opposition into submission, I'm fine with that. The only thing you have to do is that that methodology creates penalty kicks. So now you need somebody to knock it over the bar from about... 30 yards. That's the modern day equivalent of Jack Nicklaus holding a pot from <laughs> two feet. I would have picked my granny at number 10 <laughs> if she could kick the ball over the bar. I but was George, the first. You go, on. I refuse to be interrupted at this moment. <laughs> you let him know, Mr. Hook. You let him know. Right? <laughs> at this moment of intense excitement. He then goes into the game, he being Razzy Erasmus, he then goes into the game without a hooker. They had two lineouts at the end to win the game, one of which was a crooked throw-in. It is beyond belief what they have tried to do. What they have done is they have picked a Ferrari engine and they've put a Model T Ford yeah. on, on the <laughs> the bonnet, yeah. and like it is beyond my understanding. The coaches, for the first time in the history of the game, are more important than the players, and that's a tragedy.
It, yeah, I, I I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And and it, and both teams did a lot to try to lose that game. They tried to give that match away. Uh, but when you're going, uh, the psychology now we know we we know Pollard is in camp, but he's still banged up. He's not healthy to go. But you've got the psychology now of bringing in Faf the clerk to replace the kicker to try to kick and then him miss. And they I think they missed like four kicks, Kip. So. I think it was well, more than two. They, they missed four kicks, but one professionals. That one of those kicks turned into a try, so I feel like that erases that one. Whatever, but they are. And George, what what really stuns me is that you picked that off right away, and yet you picked South Africa to win that match, and I'm the only one here that picked Ireland. In my worst moments, I did not realize I knew South Africa were coached by a chief. But I didn't know they were coached by an alleged, idiot. Alleged, alleged. No, an idiot. Alleged. I mean, that at this point, because you can't. Niamba only has the name coach. Erasmus is running the show. Traffic lights is cheating. What's the point of having a captain if you're going to send a message with a red, yellow, or green light telling them what to do? <laughs> Seven forwards on the bench if not cheating, is against the very essence of the spirit of the game. But this idiot, who should never be allowed near a rugby stadium again, Erasmus goes in with that plan, a no-place kicker. The under-14s in my local high school wouldn't do that. Yeah, crazy. Erasmus is bad for the world game of rugby. The game that I adore, the game that now I am my 75th year of watching. Yep. Well, we're going to have a who's more horrific segment, but we got to move along. Gift, questions for Mr. Hook. Yo, I just have one question. We watched that Wales-Australia game. We watched Fiji-Australia, Fiji-Wales. Is there really that much of a difference between what Fiji does and what Wales does. We know Fiji was one knock-on away from taking uh, Wales out and getting to win and being 2-0 on this. And Wales, I think they just have history with Australia. Do you feel like there is a, a, a big difference between them? England, Wales, or Fiji are going to come through to the final. Mm. We know that now, the way it's set up. And Australia, in company with the chief executive of Qantas, are heading off into the great sunlight, okay? The thing here is that Wales have Gatland. Now, I don't like Gatland, and Gatland doesn't like me, I can tell you. I was going to say. <laughs> but, yeah. You made a but, lot of money on him. But, apart from Ireland... He has a record in Wales, which is unparalleled, of producing teams for the big occasion. And that is what he has done. Now, when you compare the Charlatan Jones, who brings out a kid to play at number 10 and leave uh, Quade Cooper at home, and Gatlin produces Donaldson when Bigger gets hurt, He's got a number 10 replacement who he knows can stand up and perform on the highest stage under the greatest pressure. And that's Gatlin's great skill. I won't take that away from him. I'll continue to dislike him, but I won't take <laughs> that away. So therefore... You're fair. You're a gentleman. Wales or England to be in the World Cup final. 
I don't think Fiji will ultimately make it because Fiji are ill-disciplined enough. They will self-destruct somewhere between here and the final not to make it. I'm saddened by that, but I think that's what will happen. All right. We're running out of time in this segment, but George, uh, for the lack of a better word, does Argentina suck? No. I mean, you cannot... You cannot assess Argentina on the basis of one bad performance. Like, Argentina are still in the mix. Look, it doesn't matter whether you're on Broadway, whether you're on the golf course, or whether you're in the Rugby World Cup. Sometimes you just don't produce your best. And I think that's what's happened to Argentina for whatever reason, and I don't know why. But sucking is an unfair assessment of Argentina. They're going to surprise you in the next couple of games. I hope so. I mean, they got Chile up next, or Chile up next. Final question for you. Should Samoa be favored over Japan by six and a half points? No. I think Japan, and and they're on the verge of extinction in rugby because Eddie Jones is likely to be their next coach. So, I mean, he's going to do more damage to Japan than the atomic bomb. And yeah. <laughs> the thing is that Jones, in the middle of a World Cup, is having job interviews with Japan. I mean, it, that defies belief. Japan are not the team they were four years ago. But Japan are good. And Samoa are not the team we thought they were. Ergo, Japan to beat Samoa. The Japan Zoom call is just priceless. That's priceless, Eddie. And George, you nailed it. He's about Eddie. That's it. 2027 World Cup he said he's building for? What now? Harry Kiri, I understand, is a Japanese tradition. I cannot believe that Japanese rugby is collectively going to throw itself on its sword and hire Eddie Jones. Yeah. I just don't believe that. The rugby version of it. All right. Well, thank you, Mr. Hook. Much appreciated once again. Thank you, Mr. Hook, you know, and Matt for being rude to disrupt him in the middle of, of the thought process. Shame. Shame. Just what do you want? American hosts, what do you expect? Thank you, George. Take care. From New York City comes America's longest running and most popular rugby show. The biggest names in Major League Rugby, MLR highlights, and big match previews. Rugby Wrap-Up presents MLR Weekly, made in New York City. And we're back. And how cool was it having Mr. Hook in with us while John was on a boat? I mean, look, Mr. Hook is absolutely always a pleasure. And, uh, yo, the level of knowledge that we get is always golden and platinum and a little bit of uh, diamond along with it. So uh, nothing but resources happening there. I'm, I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied. So if John had a rugby team and they were on the boat and he brought in George to be his captain, would be he be Captain Hook? Hey, if he's living like Captain Hook, then, hey, it's seven seas or whatever Mr. Hook wants it to be. All right, that's his wonderland. Beautiful. <laughs> oh, I, I see what you did there. All right, let's 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 cut the shenanigans. Uh, we got some picks to make. We have the NRL, the NPC, and we got Rugby World Cup. Let's go to Rugby World Cup. 
Who do you like this weekend? I'm looking at Argentina versus Chile. This is an intercontinental rivalry match, all right? Chile actually has something to prove right here. Argentina needs to show that maybe they can actually do a little bit better, but the spread on this one is 55 points, if I remember correctly. I look at Chile for the first time in this entire Rugby World Cup to cover that spread because I don't think they're going to let their neighbors to the east to try and take away. They said, we own the seas, and we are going to make sure you see us today. Chile today, hot tamale. I'm going with New Zealand, minus 27 and a half versus Italy. New Zealand is going to run all over Italy. The NPC, the Bunnings NPC, anything stick out for you in this setup? I am loving right now Taranaki over North Arbor. Uh, continuing their trend, minus six. Hey, I look to expect them to to keep rolling through. I like that pick. I like that pick. And since John's not here, I'm going to steal his thunder with Wellington. Wellington, minus seven over Hawks Bay, who's playing very well. This should be a very good match, but I think Wellington at home's got enough to beat that spread. And that spread right now that we're looking at is minus seven. And because we have no time, we have to throw our grand final NRL picks up on the board. And you can see John is the only one picking the Broncos. Panthers all the way. So the gift that leaves us to just plugs and our picks of the week. Picks of the week first. We've got John's from his boat. Let's go to him. Pick of the week. Very simple. Fiji has a chance to do something that is historic. Georgia is just not that good. Fiji, Fiji laying 60 and a half points. I don't care. Fiji, all the freaking way to roll them boys. So, you know, he's going with Fiji. Uh, he's he, all the way, you know. I respect I it. The way you go. All right. That's what happens whenever you have a team that has the spirit of the island, their ancestors, and a god to be able to push them forward into this uh, tournament. And he's got his wooden spoon to paddle his little dinghy on over there, so good for him. All right, Gift, who do you like? It is the battle of the bottoms, all right? Ooh. It's Australia versus Portugal, all right? Let's – I'm Cue looking... Freddie Mercury right now. Cue Queen. <laughs> it's the battle look, of the bottoms. What the – The battle of the bottoms. Look, look, you got, the, you got the gold king versus the gold coast. You got the criminals versus the other criminals that just stole. All right, shout out Brazil. So, like, you Whoa. are looking at who is going to be at the worst. And Portugal, look, they don't have very great in the forwards, but they know how to move around in the backs, bottoms. And I look at Portugal to be able to beat the spread against Australia. Not maybe win, but you know what? Honestly, it's all possible now. It's all possible now. <laughs> okay, yeah, everything is up in the air all over the place, and we are a mess this week. Bottom. Absolutely. Um I'm going to go back to the NPC with my pick of the week. I was going to say Japan beating Samoa, and Japan's uh, Japan's getting points at, at this point while we're taping this thing. I think that's crazy. Uh, but I'm going to go back to the NPC, and I like Auckland at home rebounding to get a win versus Northland. It's a lot of points, 18 points, but I think Auckland's going to cover and on that note, we're out of time. How about Plugs Gift? Hey, I got two of them. Of course, number one, check out the podcast, Rugby Swag Show. You can follow us on Instagram.com slash Rugby Swag Show. And, of course, the other one, check your gut health, check your heart health. Thanksgiving is around the corner. And get your health-enhanced food because there's no reason why you can't be eating the bread that you believe with the turkey that you need to get the cramp.
cranberry sauce that is perfect for all your needs. Let's go. Perfect. And I've got two plugs. I'm going to plug uh, Stories with Briscoe and Bradshaw for John Bradshaw Layfield. It's a great show. Check it out. And also the world's greatest rugby pub, which has been rocking through this World Cup, the Pig and Whistle on West 36th Street in New York City. Tell Cormac McCormack we sent you. And on that note, we are out of time. I want to thank King Gifte Bailey, the inventor of words, Mr. John Bradshaw Layfield, the WWE Hall of Famer and Portuguese fisherman, and the Irish legend that is George Hook. And thank you for tuning in. Please check out our other shows, including MLR Weekly, the College Rugby Wrap-Up. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. And please join our American Red Cross blood donor team. <laughs>